I'm here today with Roberta Baker, and she is a family nurse practitioner in pain management. Mm -hmm. I'm super excited to talk to you today. We have been Facebook friends, I think, for probably two or three years. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while that we've yeah. been Facebook friends. I don't Long even remember time. how we met on Facebook. I think but. it was through a Facebook, um, some kind of fitness or health group. That's right. That's and we realized we were both in Kentucky. Yes. So we connected and we've just been Facebook friends since then. So that was, that was. was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I really appreciate you being here, taking time out of your Friday day off. My pleasure. To, <laughs> to have the conversation. Um, so let's just jump right in. So um, tell me about how you grew up. Tell me about any siblings, um, what your family life was like and all of that. So I grew up in southeastern Kentucky um, and close to Hazard, close to Harlan, if you've heard of those places. Mm -hmm. um, not the Dukes of Hazard. That's from Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody thinks it's Hazard, Kentucky, but it's not. Um, my dad was a coal miner. And then my mom is a crafter, seamstress, quilter kind of lady. Uh, very talented. Love her. And uh, then I have one sister. She lives actually in Franklin, Kentucky, okay, out there close me. to you. Mm -hmm. yeah. She's married to a lawyer out there, and they have three babies. And that's, I mean, that's about it as far as family goes. I just, it's a small area, nothing crazy, nothing special. Just how, how, how are you all raised? Was your mom a homemaker? Did she stay mom home? Mom was a homemaker. She did stay home. Um, and then dad worked. Uh, I was blessed that mama got to stay home with us. Mm -hmm. You know, she, uh, which now with that being said, she did work hard herself. You know, she kind of, besides being a homemaker, she made money with the quilting and the crafts and okay. things like that. So, so I've grown up watching her. Did you learn any and, of those things? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got a little bit of it. I'm not as good as what she is with the whole sewing business, but but I can do it a little bit. So so, so was that kind of like a little side hustle for her? Yeah. Even though yeah. we wouldn't have called it that back then, probably. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And she still does it to this day. I mean, she's got quilts out the walls who waiting to be quilted for people and, you know, okay. all kinds of different stuff that she works on. So did she ever join any fairs or was it all for individuals? Um, just really individuals, you know, she, she did a few fairs, things like that, but, but most of it is people who bring her stuff that need to be quilted. Word of mouth. And, yeah. Word of mouth. And of course, Facebook helps and oh, now, yeah. <laughs> but back then it was word of mouth. Right. So. Well, cool. So yeah. what was your dynamic like growing up? So your dad worked, he worked, I'm assuming long hours. He did hard, work hard long work. hours. Hard work. Yeah. Okay. He did. Um, he Actually, he didn't work far from home. It's just down the road, <laughs> but um, he did work long hours and worked almost every day. And so he was he was gone quite a bit. And then, you know, my sis and I just hung out and played. We'd play in the creek, play in the yard growing mm -hmm. up. You know, our cousins lived next door, so They're we'd have a good around. time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Riding our big wheels down gravel driveways trying not to wreck you know? <laughs> <laughs> so. that's awesome so in your um in your upbringing was there anything in particular that you kind of can look at 
now that might have either put you on the path that you're on or has kind of given you your work ethic? Is there anything that you can think of any lessons from your childhood or seeing oh, how yeah. your parents? Absolutely. I mean, you all? my dad, you know, worked hard, extremely hard. And then my mom, you know, she worked hard doing what she did. Um, education was always a key thing. You know, we, my sis and I both, uh, were raised to do your best in school and, and, you know, study hard there and, and use that as an outlet to, to get things in life that you want or need. And so that was always, you know, a key thing growing up, something that mom and dad always pushed was doing good in school and, and, you know, sis and I both were successful in school. Thank God. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm a nerd. Yeah. She's not so much a nerd, but she always did well in school, but I'm a nerd. Yeah. So, Well, cool. So let's fast forward to a little bit more recent times. Okay. Um, with your career and your husband and your son, um, yes. how did you, how did you end up on the path that you're on? Um, so when I graduated from high school, my goal was to go into accounting. Mm -hmm. Totally different field. <laughs> and I had an uncle who was very important to me in my life. Uh, he told me that I would hate it because mm -hmm. he said I was a people person and I needed to be out mm -hmm. with people and, and that I wouldn't enjoy accounting because I'd be at a desk all day. And so that was kind of the first push towards something other than what I had planned for myself. And when um, was that? Was that like... When you're entering college, was that, that when was, you're... Yeah, that was when I was entering college. Okay. Um, and my dad also kind of, you know, around here, opportunities are kind of limited. You know, if you, back then, if you weren't a coal miner, if you weren't, or a, just, let's just say miner, if you weren't a miner, if you weren't um, in medicine, if you weren't a teacher, mm -hmm. you know, your opportunities were really, really limited here. Um, and, and that's true even today with the exception of the mining industry has gone. So if you're not in teaching, if you're not in medicine, then you really kind of are limited on what you can do, um, as far as being in this physical location. Now, you know, the world of e-commerce has opened up a whole new world for people and oh, it's gosh, been I'm wonderful. Sure. You know, because we've got people here thriving on e-commerce now. Um, but did the, did the, with the mining industry shutting, is it completely shut down there? You, you're or starting to see little, little mines open back up. Um, but it's not, not nearly what it used to be. Was I mean, you know, that, that's what I was raised on. Oh yeah. Totally devastating, devastating. to the community. Yeah absolutely devastating to the community um you know there's there's just not a lot here anymore there's just mm -hmm. not a lot left and your young people are moving elsewhere to find you know opportunities to be able to raise their families and right. and so you you know you see a you see it everywhere that that that's made a huge impact on the area so, 
But so, dad kind of pushed me towards nursing. I had an aunt that was a nurse. And so he kind of pushed me towards nursing and that's kind of what started it. Okay. So the you, path that I'm on. so did you, um, go straight into nursing in college or did you start some accounting stuff? I did start with accounting stuff. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, I wanted to try and I loved it. Yeah. You know, I may still one of these days go back and do it. I don't yeah. know. Great. But, um, but I don't know. It just didn't feel, feel right when I was doing it then. Because I think I had that little, you know, you need to be out in the community. You need to be doing something to help people kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, dad was going to nursing, going to nursing. It's a good job. It's a good field. Mm-hmm. So. And so how old were you when you got married? I was 21 when I got married. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. we were babies. Yeah. <laughs> we were tiny babies. I and look at have, my son now, he's 21, and I'm like, good Lord, I hope that we weren't like that when we got married. Oh, I know. Yeah, you I know? have a 22-year-old, and I'm looking at him, and I'm like, I, I got married at 18, pregnant three months later with him. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, how, like, how did I do that? You know? Yeah. Because I'm like, was I that dumb? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. He's a good kid, but I'm like, oh, my gosh, 22, yeah. you know, nothing, you know? Yeah. Um. Okay, so let's. Um, talk about, um, some of the struggles or obstacles, um, that you have faced becoming or in your field of being a nurse practitioner. So when I did my master's, um, even my bachelor's for nursing, I was a mama at that time. Um, I had gotten my ADN, had Andy became a mama. And so I was raising a family, working full time and doing school. You know, by the time I did my, my master's studies, Andy was old enough to play travel ball. And so I can remember sitting Mm. at the ball field studying, you know, with my books and my book bag and, and, you know, I would be just sitting on the sidelines reading and studying while he was doing his thing. And that was probably one of the hardest things that I did. Um, but I accomplished it. Uh, I, you know, made it through and, and juggling a full-time job and a family and a kid that played ball and, which is very time consuming if, oh, yeah. you know, if you've ever had a kid that does yeah, that, especially is. with the travel stuff. Oh my gosh. You know, it, it was hard. And there were times that I wanted to quit so bad and just be like, I'm done. I'll just stay where I'm at. But then I was like, no. I want to be able to enjoy my family and, and enjoy time with Andy when I've got it. And, and so I just kept on going. That was probably the biggest struggle. Um, something else that, that has kind of got me to where I am today was after I finished my master's and got my first job as a nurse practitioner, I loved it. Uh, but at one point, someone said to me, one of the guys that I worked for said to me, you know, when you're in medicine, you're married to it. And I thought to myself, "Mm, I don't want to be married to medicine. You know, right. That's not why I did this. I did this so that I could spend more time with my son. And so I could spend more time with my husband and, and have that better family dynamic that I wanted for us. 
I didn't want to be at work all the time. Well, you wanted a higher quality of life. Yeah, exactly. And and so that was probably one of the hardest things I did because at that point I thought, is this really where I'm supposed to be? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if that's the mentality that's here, that's totally different than what I want for myself. Is this where I really need to be? And so I just started looking and an opportunity presented itself for me to to have more time with my son, make a higher income and, and, you know, spend more time with my husband and travel and do the things that I wanted to do. And so I took it and here I am. That's awesome. So you said you were working full time and in school. Yes. And so what were you, what was your job then? So I started out, uh, I was a dialysis nurse. Okay. Yeah. I worked in the hospital doing acute dialysis. Um, love that job. I think I told you before that God didn't make me to be a floor nurse. Mm-hmm. I found that out really quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I ended up going into dialysis and I loved that. You know, that was wonderful. Uh, that was kind of a one-on-one, you know, you sit with a patient, do their dialysis treatment, hemodialysis, do the dialysis treatment. And then, you know, you move on to the next one, but you know, you're with those patients for three or four hours at a time. Right. And so you get to know them. They're like family, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that was just, that was a neat, a neat experience. And I loved that. Absolutely loved that. And then I also worked, um, for, uh, an optometrist in town towards mm-hmm. the latter part of my master's degree, just because it was more time consuming. Mm-hmm. And so I had to have something with less hours okay. so that I could do my clinicals and oh, yeah. delve a little bit more into my studies. And so I did that at the end of it until I graduated. So. Okay. So how long or how long ago did you graduate? Oh, goodness. I've been a nurse practitioner for 13 years, I think. Okay. Now. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. And you love it. I love it. I do. I love it. So, so you're in um, the pain management field. Yes. What, can you explain to me what that is exactly? So pain management, it kind of has a bad, bad stigma attached to Mm -hmm. it because there've been so many people who use that as a way to treat people, but not do it properly. Um, it's, you know, been a money maker and you'll hear about pain management clinics all over, but, um, that, that don't last and, you know, they get shut down, they, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the clinic that I work in has been in business now for goodness, I think like 20 years. Okay. And, um, so it's legit. It's, oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. We, you know, follow all the rules and, and, you know, if you do what you're supposed to do, you're not going to have a big massive bank account, but you know, you're still treating people and and you're able to take care of, of your employees, you know, and, um, but so what I do is I treat patients who have chronic pain, um, and my patients are anywhere from, you know, the ages of 30 up to, I've got little granny and papas that come in Mm -hmm. and a lot of my patients are old, broken down coal miners you know, who have been in the deep mines in, you know, 40 inch coal on their hands and knees working. 
and they're just broke down and you know there's it's really sad to see some of them and and in the shape that they're in but what i do is try to help them have a better quality of life by trying to lessen their pain a little bit and that's not just with pain medication you know we offer things like injection therapy we offer physical therapy chiropractic services you know we even do dietitian referrals um i mean we do all kinds of different things it's like a comprehensive yeah absolutely but it's all kind of to manage their pain okay anti-inflammatory stuff for diet and all of that okay yeah so you're right i think that pain management unfortunately people um or the the pain management industry i guess i don't know that's the right word but they do tend to have a negative um reaction from people just because of the abuse and yeah, the, yeah. you know, different things. So it's awesome to hear. But, the, you know, the thing about it is if you do it the right way and if you're in it for the right reason, you can help people and, you know, you hold your patients accountable because it is dealing with, you know, narcotic medication sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we have things in place like urine drug screens, uh, custom panels that gives us a full list of, of you know what's in the system of the patients you know making sure that their levels are correct for what they're prescribed um you which know, is random, huge yeah, yeah random pill counts things like that okay now there's always going to be turds you know there's turds <laughs> everywhere yes. yeah but you know i tell people you know turds float to the top and when they do you get rid of them mm-hmm. you know if they're not a legit patient they will show themselves and you just get rid of them well the you fact know. that you're even that it's even recognized or looked mm-hmm. for is mm-hmm. big. Yeah. Because so many places, you know, as you know, don't yeah. care about that and they'll just go ahead yeah. and provide whatever. So, yeah. And it's funny because, you know, people, people look at pain management when they ask what I do and I'm like, well, I work in pain management and I had one lady's reaction the other day. I hadn't seen her in years and she asked what I did and I told her and she's like, Oh, you work in pain management. I'm like, yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, I see my patients once a month every year for, you know, I see them 13 times a year. And so I know these patients and I know when I know what their normals are Mm -hmm. and I can recognize when something's not right with them um, in regards to whether it be their mental, their physical being, you know, whatever that is, I can recognize when something's not right with one of them just because I see them so often and I know how they are. So how how long have you been with that practice? Almost nine years. The same practice for nine yeah. years? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So you yeah. do know your patients? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So um, tell me a little bit about a nurse practitioner. How is that, how is that compared to a, a regular MD? So... Or an RN, I'm not really sure the difference. So I can treat patients. Um, I can prescribe medication. I can order testing. I can order um, things that the patient may need, like physical therapy, chiropractic care, uh, occupational therapies, any of the imaging. I can order all of that. 
my license with nurse practitioners in the state of Kentucky, we're limited on what we can prescribe as far as scheduled medications go. And scheduled medications are like your narcotics, your your uh, benzodiazepines for like anxiety, things like that. So we're kind of limited on what we can prescribe there. But I'm fortunate that I work with two doctors. And if I feel like my patient isn't doing well with what I can do, I can put them in to see one of the doctors and then they can obviously have that higher prescribing authority. But as far as ordering all the other stuff, I can do that. My doctors do all of the injections. We don't do injections in the state of Kentucky unless you, um, I think a nurse anesthetist obviously can do epidurals, things like that. But for regular nurse practitioners, family nurse practitioners, you don't do that. Okay. So, but yeah, I mean, I can treat my patient just as well as, you know, one of my docs can. It's just, I'm limited on some of the things I can prescribe and some of the things I can do. And then that's where my doctors will step in and, and take over if I can't take care of the patient the way that I feel like they need to be taken care of. So I know in, in the doctor's office that I go to, you know, there's the doctor, then we have nurse practitioners mm-hmm. and I always pick the nurse practitioner. I don't know yeah. why, but I'm yeah. like, they're just, I don't know. I prefer it. So yeah, well, um, a, a lot of people feel like, I don't know. I think nurse practitioners, we're, we're babies of the nursing theory. You know, you treat the whole person. Um, you look at their physical, mental, social, emotional, you know, well-being holistically. And and I think a lot of people prefer that just because they feel like, I don't know, they feel like they're looked at more of as a person rather than just a disease. Now, that being said, I'm not saying doctors look at people right, just right. as diseases. You know what I mean? Right. Because I know some wonderful doctors, wonderful right. doctors. And, and, you know, they treat the whole person too. I just think it, it's a different, a different theory on, on learning and, and treating, you know, we're kind of more holistic as nurses. And I think doctors are just trained a little bit different than, than what we have been. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's evident. I know it, and of course I haven't been to every, you know, every doctor, or every nurse practitioner, Yeah. but in my case, I know I've been more personable, Yeah. you know, more, more willing to kind of find out what's going on and obviously they want to know symptoms but they also want to know the other stuff right right yeah like you said more holistic treatment it seems like for sure so in your um in your field the met is is it fair to say that the medical field is male dominant um yeah I, i would say that i think you know, when you look at the nursing aspect, I think there are more females in that role than what there are males. Um, you're starting to see more males show up. In nursing? In, in nursing, yeah. Okay. Um, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. You know, I think that, uh, I think males are needed in every every aspect of it in regards to medicine. Just because they kind of have a, they present a different sense of what's the word I'm looking for. I want to say maybe safety or security. You know what I mean? Because in an example of what I'm trying to get across, I was working in a clinic and well, the first job I had after my, 
after I finished my master's and a patient came in who uh, was requesting Neurontin and I wouldn't prescribe it for him. You know, I didn't know this person, had never seen him. I had a sense that he was seeking and it was a scary situation for me, you know, because he got a little upset. And so I was thankful that I had a male at front desk because to have a male kinda, presence to have a male presence there mm-hmm. because he kind of stepped in. Now, I know that, you know, some females are like, oh, we don't need males. You know, we're equal right. to males. Right. But mm, physically, no, not really. <laughs> you know, right. sometimes you need that male presence there to help protect you. And mm-hmm. and I embrace that, you know. Right. I know I am very independent. Yes. So I, I probably put myself in situations sometimes I probably really should not yeah. as a woman. Yeah. Um, but there have been a few times over the last few years that I have had to ask my husband to just be mm-hmm. present. Yeah. When firing an employee, a mm-hmm. male employee. Um, mm-hmm. And I have no doubt today that if my husband wasn't there, it would have been a physical alter- altercation with this man. Yeah. I mean, it, it you yeah. know, there's, there's been a few things. And so I know what you mean, just having, even them just being in the room. Yeah. They don't have to do anything. Yeah. Just knowing that you're supported and backed up by yeah. a male. Yeah. And, you know, we can, you know, I 100% believe that women are equal. We're different. Yeah. We're different. But we're equals. Yeah. Um, but not everybody thinks that. Yeah. yeah. So that's the other side of the coin. You yeah. Know, is you have other people that don't believe that way. So it, it, unfortunately, you know, if you're, if you're in a room with somebody else and you're not the only one in the room yeah, and their reaction to you being yeah. a woman or whatever, especially in that situation when, um, he was getting agitated Yes, and all of that yeah. because you weren't doing what he wanted. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I think that people, well, women need to really kind of, some some of us need to just kind of step back and be like, okay, you know, it is important for us to have men in our lives mm-hmm. because they are made different than what we are. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just, they just offer a different set of skills than what we offer. And one of that is that physicality. Now women can be strong and, and women can be brave and they can be all of that stuff. But sometimes just that male presence, I'm so thankful where I work at right now, you know, it's kind of, I have a lot of men in that office and I feel a whole lot safer in that office treating my patients now than what I felt when I was in general practice because I know that I'm more protected. I feel like I'm more protected where I am now well, than I what think I was it- before it probably allows you to serve your, your patients better. Yeah. Yeah, you know. it does because I feel safe, you know, right. right. I feel safe. And if I feel like, like something isn't going the way that I need it to go, or, or if I feel like the situation's turning the way that I don't want it to turn, all I have to do is step out of the room and, you know, the guys will step in, mm-hmm. which now that's only happened honestly once or twice where I'm at now. But the guys are always there. You know, they've got my back if if I need anything. So, 
That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. So I'm involved in um, a lot of different trainings and different things like that. And Mm -hmm. I was listening to this podcast recently and this woman said, um, I can't remember exactly how she worded it, but basically it was like, she doesn't limit herself to only female centered trainings or female centered conferences or things like that, because, you know, you don't want to exclude the things that the men are being taught. Right. You know, it's just like, we, we need, we need to be, have like the same kind of information and the same kind of things that men have, because the reality, we don't live in a, you know, not every part of our life is 100% women. Yeah. You know, there are things that I, I feel like we need men for, and we need to incorporate the knowledge that they're getting and that they they're giving. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, my husband and I, he's, um, he's not very fun to argue with yeah, because he's very smart. Yeah. So whenever we're debating, you know, whether it's, you know, national news or, you know, whatever it, um, sometimes it gets heated, but he's so smart and I learned so much from him. I guess, I guess really, you know, even being an independent woman, Mm -hmm. there are still things that I'm not saying we can't do, but that are much easier to do with men. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I even think about it around my house. I'm like, I don't want to do that thing, but he will. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Or he can reach that glass on the top (laughs) shelf and I'm going to have to go get a step stool so he can do it, you know, whatever those things are. So I think, I think people, I think we can be feminist and not be man haters. Yes. You know, I think that, I think that we're doing ourselves an injustice by, or people do, in, mm-hmm. you know, themselves an injustice by thinking that men are the devil. Listen, you know what? If a man wants to hold a door open for me, please hold the door open for me. Right. You know, if he wants to open a car door, if he wants to help me step up a staircase or up a step, by all means, please extend that hand because I'll take it every time. Right. You know. Right. I mean, just let them be gentlemen. Yeah. You know. And if a woman wants to hold a door for me, I'll walk through that door too. Shoot. Yeah, you honey. <laughs> I hold the door for plenty of women. Yeah. You know, it doesn't right. bother me at all. I hold the door for men even. And, you know, mm-hmm. it just doesn't bother me. So I think yeah. it's funny. Yeah. It's, it kind of, you know, can easily get out of hand. So it's good yeah. that, you know, I think it's good to recognize. I mean, I know in my life, my dad is my biggest cheerleader. Yeah. My, I have two sons. They're, they're wonderful humans. Yes. You know, my husband, yeah. I think my husband's a feminist. Yeah. He, you know, he believes, and I mean, being married to me, he's kind of like, okay, here. So yeah. it is. Um, but yeah. he believes, you know, that women are, are capable of anything. Yeah. And that's really, that's really in my, in my world, what feminism is, you know, it's, yeah. is being proud of who we are and being independent, but also loving the men in our lives. Yes. And, and, you know, not shutting out other men. You exactly. Know, exactly. Not that I haven't had some interesting experiences with um, men and social media. Listen, I think we've <laughs> all had those, you oh know, gosh, absolutely. And there are some men out there who, goodness, you just want to be like, really? I know your mama didn't raise you that way. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. But I mean, but I got there to are where... some women out there too, who have 
Yes. But I know your mama true. didn't raise you that way either. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's across got, the board. I've gotten to where I don't accept any men or male requests on Facebook Mm-mm. anymore. No. I mean, I don't even, if I don't know you personally, right. like, good, we're not, we're not yeah. doing this. Yeah. You know, you just open yourself up for all kinds of garbage. Yes. You know. Totally. So, kind of getting back on track here, tell me um, one piece of advice that you would give your 25-year-old self, looking back. One piece of advice that I would give my 25-year-old self, it would be always save money Mm. out of every paycheck. Make sure that you're putting money back. Um. Start saving for retirement early. Um, and it would be know that you can get through the difficult times. You're going to be okay. You know, things may seem like, like they're overpowering at times or, you know, overbearing, but, but you're going to be okay. Just keep on trudging along. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great advice. You know, I think so much, I know, I think around the time I turned 30 and I'm 41. Mm -hmm. So around the time I turned 30, I started to feel a little bit of a panic when um, I realized that I was not prepared or that I hadn't done anything for my retirement. Mm -hmm. I felt maybe it's 30. It might've been a little bit older than that, but 32, 33, something like that. Yeah. And I remember being like, Oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm so far behind. And I think what had happened was I started having conversations with my parents about their retirement and what they had planned. They didn't really have a lot. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, I was starting to panic for them for sure. You know? Um, but since those having those conversations, they've buckled down. They're doing excellent with it. My parents are in their sixties. Yeah. Um, and they've now, and I like to take credit for this, but I think in my <laughs> panic for myself and then extra panic for them, you know, it's actually an open conversation and we talk about these things now and, and we're both on a good path, mm-hmm. you know, for retirement savings. But that, that, that's such good advice for young people Yeah, to just, just, you won't even miss it. No. You know, even if it's 10, 20 bucks here and there right. or, or every Friday on payday or whatever. Yeah. Just set yourself up for success later. Yes. Put, put a little bit back and, and have, because you never know when an emergency will hit mm-hmm. and you've got that little emergency fund there. And then you've got another set amount for retirement. You know, it's just, you save for these little things. Rainy day funds is what Dave Ramsey calls it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I love Dave Ramsey mm-hmm. and, you know, he's got some really good sound advice on money and, you know, we, um, we went on vacation several years ago and I took total money makeover that big, thick book. Yes. I read that whole stinking book while I was on vacation yes. laying on the beach. I, yes. I mean, I, I was consumed by that it. book. Yes. Yeah. It's got such good stuff. And I think it's even, they've added and tweaked a little bit since yeah. back then when I read it. Yes. But, um, yeah, always have an emergency fund and, yes. and all those things. Yeah, that's 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 really really good information. So, how have you um, how have you treated 
or discussed money stuff with your son? No, and he's 21. Oh, Lord. He is like, he's kind of like me when it comes to some stuff. We're both a little, I hate to use the word flighty, <laughs> but we both get really excited about stuff really quick, you know? Yeah. And we have to act on things right then. But I've learned to kind of lay back that whole, you know, wait 72 hours better. And if it's still there, then act on it. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of learned that with him, I'm trying to teach him that um, he's on a budget. You know, I give him a certain amount every two weeks. You know, I get paid every two weeks and he gets a certain amount every two weeks. And that's because he's a baseball player in college. You know, he doesn't have the time to work because literally he's in class or doing something with baseball mm -hmm. and it's all day long. So he doesn't have, even on weekends, you know, he doesn't have time because they're doing something. So he doesn't have the time to, to work. So my husband and I told him, as long as you're playing baseball, we will, you know, support you and, and, you know, take care of you. But if you stop playing baseball, then you're going to have to get a job and you're going to have to kind of pay for some things. So he gets a certain amount every two weeks and he has, you know, he's had to learn how to budget with that. Mm -hmm. He's had to learn how to, to live on that. And it's not an exuberant amount. you know, when my husband and I first got married, we didn't have a pot to pee in. <laughs> we didn't, you know, we, we lived in Cumberland Gap, Tennessee. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We lived in this little house that it was so cold. You know, the walls were oh so thin mm. and, so we would hang, it's so silly now thinking about it, but we would hang blankets up over the doorways and mm -hmm. have, you know, a heat source. And we stayed in that one area and the bathroom was off of that area. So when you would get up in the mornings and go to the bathroom, when you would pee, there would be steam because it was, oh my gosh, your body temperature was warmer, yeah. obviously, than what it was in the oh bathroom. You know, it was frigid in the winter. Yeah. And so, you know, we make fun of that now and, and kind of laugh about it. But, you know, that's where we started. We started with absolutely nothing. And we survived. Yep. And if my husband and I can survive doing that, then Andy can survive doing that. You know, he can he can learn how to prioritize what he needs to purchase and what he needs to take care of. And that's buying groceries because you have to eat. Mm -hmm. You buy gas because you have to have gas to travel on, you know, to go from one place to the other. And then what's left is what you have to spend on other stuff, whether it be eating out or, or, you know, doing something that you want to do. And that's just, you know, that's the realistic ways that life is, you know, you get a certain amount and you have to live within that certain amount. Did you, did he's in um, school on a scholarship, right? He, he gets a scholarship, but now we pay. We pay quite a bit too. So okay. he, he got academic scholarships and then a baseball scholarship. That's awesome. And then what's left, we, you know, we pay. That's, so. that's kind of in my decision with Noah, my son, mm -hmm. he's a junior, um, at Western here yes. mm -hmm. and in the engineering program. Well, he's mm -hmm. still working. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's working probably 20, 25 hours a week, but he's now mm -hmm. at that point in his um, academics that it's getting pretty tough. Yeah. So it's, it's really demanding, but 
he we he wanted to move out. It was time for him to move out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he did. And so he pays his rent. But um, I help him, you know, I pay for his school and, yeah. and some other things. And I, I think the biggest thing is I know I still have student loan debt. I have an MBA. Oh, yeah. I have an MBA yeah. and that's not cheap. And so I'm still paying on that. And I do not want him to have to experience the weight of student loans. Right. If I can, right. if I can help with that, I'm going to. And so I have. And, um, but I'm telling you, he's done, he's done really, really well with money. And like you said, it's like, you know, he, he pays his own rent, but he only works 20 some hours a week. Right. So right. that and groceries and yeah. anything fun you want to do, gas for your car and all that, yeah. you know, it's like, I'm happy to help as long as he's, as long as he's in school. We actually you know? found that it was cheaper for us to get an apartment rather than pay room and board. Hmm. And so Andy has an apartment, but he has a roommate. Okay. And so they split the rent. That's and great. And then that has actually saved us a huge amount of money by yeah. doing that versus him living on campus. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, I know Western here, um, and I'm not, don't mean to point out only Western, but the tuition is, is crazy. And we mm -hmm. live, you know, we're in state and, mm -hmm. and all that. And the thought of him having to bear the load of that when he gets out of school. Yeah. You know, I was just like, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure he doesn't have to do that. Yeah. But I've also taught him a lot about credit and mm -hmm. um, all of those things. So I have had him get student loans in his name yeah. each semester. And then I pay him off before he's out for that semester. Yeah. So it's building his credit. And it's also giving me a little bit of time to pay, this, right. you know, the tuition. Yeah. So that's, that's worked out really well for us. But he's been really good with money. I think I started talking to him about money gosh he probably was 12 or 13 and he yeah. he was kind of a saver so he had I don't know if he's a saver because he's not a spender or if he's a saver because he would spend my money whatever it was right, exactly you know he exactly. he would have you know money from Christmas or birthdays or whatever and it was a good opportunity for me to teach him how to manage money pretty yeah. early yeah. And he does, he does pretty well. So I'm pretty proud of that too. And Dave Ramsey coached me the whole time too. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. The older that Andy's gotten, the better he has become with it. You know, he's, he's a little bit more, um, aware of what he spends now, you know, and what he spends it on. Um, because he may say something, you know, that he, he wants or whatever. And then, you know, a few minutes later he'll be like, well, I really don't need that. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. So you can kind of see, you can mm -hmm. kind of see that grown up mentality. Maturity. Yeah. yeah. Kind of starting to seep in there. And, and so that's good. You know, that makes me feel like, okay, he's going to be okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He's going to so, make it. Yeah. I always say we're raising adults. Yeah. You know, we're trying Absolutely. to, and obviously 21 is an adult, but you know, we're trying to do the best we can yeah. so that they're successful in yeah. whatever they're doing. Um, so since you mentioned Dave Ramsey, do you, um, does your husband participate in the finances or do you take care of all of that? If you don't mind me asking. No, I don't mind one bit. I don't know how it happened, but like sometime early in our marriage, I just kind of took over all of that. I don't know how I did that. I don't know if it was just because it was easier for me to do it. Um, but I've always, I mean, you know, I pay all of our bills, uh, I do all of that. Uh, 
and he's offered to do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's a control thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, or, if it's, like, no. or if it's a security thing, because I like to know that everything's taken care of, you mm-hmm. know, and that may be more of what it is versus control, you know. It's a fine I, line, but yeah, maybe yeah. a little both. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I like to know that things are taken care of. And, and if you don't mind doing it. Yeah. You know, and he's, he's, um, you know, not, it, I guess in my words, I say drilling holes in the boat, you know, right. if, he's, if he's on board with you doing that and is, you know, Jay, that's great. He's never been a big spender on stuff. You know, he just, he just doesn't, but you know, if there's something that he needs or something that he wants, then, then we work it out and try to get it. But, you know, we're not big, we're not big spenders on much. Now we like to travel. Mm-hmm. We will spend to do that. Um, but like, as far as vehicles and things like that, you know, we just, we get our vehicles and we keep them forever. And you know, I had the same phone. I just recently updated my phone, but I'd had the same phone for years, you know, and I took it in to exchange it. And the guy was like, wow, I can't believe you've had this phone that long, you know, <laughs> it's like, this is ancient. And I'm like, well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, appreciate that, buddy. But, yeah. <laughs> but we just don't, you know, we just don't spend a lot. Are all of, um, all of your, you all have joint accounts, I guess. We do. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. We've always had joint accounts. So, Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, if you have a partner, yes. it's great. Yeah. You know, and having yeah. having someone, you know, you guys are on the same team. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, now that doesn't mean that we don't have our or or have had our money fights and things like that. Oh, yeah. Just like any couple, you know, we have right. we've had some knockdown drag outs, but you know, you just have to work through those things and and mm-hmm. and talk it out and get through it. So Yeah. I mean, any relationship, you know, is going to have things like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but money for whatever reason, I know for me, it's not so much the dollars in the, in my account. It's more like the stability that the dollars bring. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so that, you know, you start messing with my stability, we're going to have a problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like, yeah. I like. Because I've had, inst- I've, I've been in situations where it was unstable. Yeah. You know, and, and on the other side of that, you know, I'm working hard for my stability. Yeah. You know, so that's awesome. I think well, women need that. You know, they need that stability there, that security yeah. to know and that things are okay. It's so funny too, because I am, the longer and longer I'm self-employed, the less risk adverse Mm-hmm. I become, mm-hmm. I'm just, but at the same time, I'm desperate to maintain and to have stability. So it's kind of a weird, it's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. Um, But it's almost like now that things are stable, I'm not risk adverse. Right. If that makes any sense. Oh yeah. Like, Cause absolutely. I know I'm, I'll still make it, you know, yeah. like I have, <laughs> everything will be okay. So. Well, and I think that comes too with, with, you know as we go through life and we go through experiences, we get more, more confident in what we can do. Mm-hmm. And you know what, even though it, it may not go the way you think it's going to go in the end, you're going to be okay. Right. You know, 
Right. So yeah, because you've built the foundation for being okay. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of take those risks, you know, and, and if they work out, they work out. If they don't, then it's okay. Yeah. Move on to the next one. Right. You know? Yeah. And there's always another risk around the corner. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there <it> is. <laughs> hey, I meant to ask you when you're talking about your work now, um, and I think I know the answer to this because I think you answered this on Facebook a while back okay. for me. Um, have you, did you, or are you aware of any um, pay gap issues with men and women in your field? Um, I'm going to be honest and say that I have never experienced that. Okay. Um, you know, everything that I've done has been equal. I feel like, you know, the, the more that I work or the harder that I work, the gentleman that I work, he doesn't like me to say I work for him. He likes me to say I work with him mm-hmm. because he says he's not my boss. He's just, he just owns the company, but we work together. And so the guy that I work with, um, he has always been really good that, you know, if I'm producing, then he, he'll give me a raise, he'll give me a bonus or he'll do whatever. So, and I know, you know, he does the same with the doctors. Um, now with that being said, the doctors, obviously they have a higher salary than what I do, but I also know that I'm paid well, you know, Mm -hmm. so it doesn't really, you know, I don't sit back and be like, I should make the same thing as the doctor's. That's right. just, that's just not something that, because I'm not a doctor, I didn't yeah. go to medical. It's kind of like different pay grades, different, different yeah. jobs, They're yeah. different jobs. Even. Yeah. You know, I, I went to nursing school, I got my associate degree, then I went and did my bachelor's, then I went and did my master's. And I think that, you know, I'm reimbursed, I, I guess reimbursed is the word to use. You know, I, I'm paid well for what I do. So Compensated. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. That's good. Cause I think yeah. that's what you had commented. You probably mm-hmm. don't remember this, but, um, I had posted some question about, about finances mm-hmm. and you were like, no, I don't really experience that. I remember yeah. that. And yeah, I never have experienced that. You know, do you think that's because of your, um, your boss? Do you think it's because he values you? Oh yeah. Totally. And, and that is why he's willing mm-hmm. to compensate you well. Listen, he's wonderful because, and and he's always been like that with everybody in the clinic. You know, he'll give you the opportunity. If you want to make more, he'll give you the opportunity to do that. There's an example is one of the ladies in the office right now, you know, when she came on, she's been there, I guess now two years, maybe, but whenever, and even now for the employees that have been there for a while, if they want to go to college he'll pay for college for them wow and and so this lady is doing we've got one that's going through a lab tech she's going to be a lab tech she's going through that and he's paying for that and we've got one that and that'll be a pay raise for her when she finishes mm-hmm. um we've got one that wanted to do coding and so he's paid for all the coding classes and she just finished her classes up and is getting ready to take her you know, certifying test or whatever it is that they take, you know, for coding and she'll get a pay raise at the end of that. I mean, he just, he gives people the opportunities 
to do that to to better their situation and you just have to be willing to take that and i think that that's you know unheard of yeah and and honestly people don't they just look at the dollar signs and don't consider that that's good business oh yeah totally that good is business. investing in your employees yes that in in honestly as a business owner that's garnering loyalty yes that's creating a culture of appreciation yes. and yes. you get something out of it because then they're now certified right. or have their degree in this thing right so why wouldn't you and it's right. it, yeah. it, it's a write-off too exactly. so invest in your employees yeah you know? listen that's why you know i i tell people there in the clinic i'm like you know you've got the opportunity if you're not satisfied where you're at then take advantage of the opportunity that's in front of you mm. and do something to better your situation. Mm -hmm. You can't expect what I've always learned and or what I've always been taught, not learned, but what I've always been taught is you can't expect a handout. Mm. You have to work for what you want and what you get. And that's what I've always done. You know, life hasn't been easy by any means. Um, but I've always had the mentality that I would work hard for what I wanted. And then when you reach that goal, don't just be satisfied. You know, if there's, if you want more, go for more. Mm -hmm. If you want to develop that and, and grow that, whatever it is, then you do that. You just, the main thing is you don't expect a handout. You expect to get what you get from working hard for it. You know? And I think alignment is so huge too, because if you're aligned, if you're in the right place mm -hmm. and you're willing to work hard mm -hmm. then things like your college gets paid for, Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, I, I read a thing that I don't know if it's Gen Z, whatever the, the youngest group is here, um, the 24, 25 and under, yeah. like they, they are looking at or they're finding that they're more interested in the fulfillment they're getting from their workplace rather than the money, yeah. the personal fulfillment. Yeah. And it's funny because looking back, you know, I'm at the very tail end of Gen X mm -hmm. and, um, and, and maybe this is an assumption here, but Gen X and boomers and all that stuff, we kind of had to go where the money was, Yeah, you know, and, and if we need, or the benefits, if we needed yeah. that thing, it didn't matter if we hated the job, Yeah, you know, we had to work to get those things. Yeah. And it's really encouraging, I think. And it's, I think it's changing a lot for a lot of people that people can actually look for where they're happiest. Yeah. Than Listen, the money. I can remember mornings that I sat outside of, of a job and I cried every morning because I hated it so bad. You know, I cry before I go in that place to work every day. And it was, that's what it was to me was, it was work. Mm. Where I'm at now, it's like, I don't care to get up in the mornings and go in. I love it. You know, I get up, go do my thing, you know, finish my day. My work is done by the end of the day. You know, I'm never bringing anything home with me. And it doesn't feel like... It doesn't feel like a job. It's just, you know, it's a place I go every day that I'm spending time with people I love and, 
making you money. Know, I'm getting to see these <laughs> patients every yeah. day, you know, patients that I've grown to, to really, you know, I appreciate them because without them, I couldn't have what I have and do what I do. Mm-hmm. But also it's just, I, I'm appreciative of, of the whole situation. You know, it's not something that I dread every day. I don't dread it. That's I huge. love it. Yeah. I mean, talk about a, a, you know, a good life. I've got a good life. I'm blessed beyond measure. And I know that. So That's so good. You know, because you can be doing the same thing you're doing somewhere else mm-hmm. and not be aligned with the owner or the doctors. Right. And it, you'd be miserable. Be doing miserable. the same exact thing that you're doing. Yes. I think culture, like the the culture in our work, or in our environment, mm-hmm. our work life is so important. We spend so much time at work, mm-hmm. you know, eight hours a day, usually, if not more. And mm-hmm. I think that that just makes, that just makes it, you know, that, that just having a good work culture where you feel like they're family, you know, yeah. sometimes families bicker a little bit, but yeah. at the end of the day, you still love each other and you move oh, on. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Um, I think I know that that was something that I wanted to create was a good, you know, a healthy culture. Yeah. Like it's a drama free zone. We don't, you know, we don't do these things. And I'm telling you, I'm fortunate, um, that we do, we love it here. And that makes yeah. a big difference because it doesn't feel yeah. like work. Exactly. You know, exactly. It's and if being... you can say that you're blessed, you mm-hmm. know, you're blessed. Yeah. Cause like you, I have worked in places where I'm like, Oh my gosh, this sucks. Yeah. This is terrible. I, you know, <laughs> I hate him. I hate him. And I hate her. You know? <laughs> exactly. And it's just like, gosh, that's terrible to have to go into that every day, you know? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely something I'm proud of. And yeah. I think it makes all the difference for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Having the alignment, you know, with the, with the right people at the right place at the right time. And that's so good. So as a woman in the medical field, Mm -hmm. um, do you feel like that gives you, um, more of a compassion for the patients? Do you Um, feel like you're, or do you feel like that's just kind of personality based? Like whoever? I think that's personality based. Okay. Um, because I know some, some wonderful gentlemen who are very compassionate and 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 very loving towards their patients and then I know I know women and men who are both like me yeah you know it is what it is what do you need (laughs) you know yeah okay I um I guess we kind of or at least it's probably stereotypical um think that women are more compassionate yeah. But maybe not, you know? No. no. Yeah. I, I think that's a personality trait. It's, well, in the field of medicine, I think it's a personality trait. Maybe that way in all fields. I don't know. Yeah. But in my experience, it, it can go either way. You know, I would think that in the medical field, you would need more compassion. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean. Yeah. You need compassion and patience in medicine. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, my it's, gosh. It's hard. That's a hard job, you know. People think, oh, they work in the medicine medical field. They've got it made. Well, it's hard. I mean, 
because you're taking on everybody's problems. You know, you have to learn to to kind of leave some stuff at the office and, and not mm-hmm. carry it home with you. You know, I've had patients who absolutely, you know, their situation just lays on my heart. And, you know, I'd come home and, and just worry and pray and, and, you know, want them to be okay. And just because of the situation that they're in or, you know, whatever health crisis they're facing or battle that they're facing, you know, whether it be health related or not, you know, I've got had patients before who were in domestic Mm. situations and, you know, you, you hear all of this stuff and, you know, you hear the stories that they tell you in confidence and, and you have to, you have to learn to kind of not carry it home with you. If you're, I've got a big heart. Um, and I love, love my little people. Um, and man, sometimes it's hard. Is your clinic in, um, in your small community or is it outside of there? It's, it's in the small, it's in a small area. Okay. But we've got patients that travel, you know, quite a ways to get to us. so So there's the potential of you seeing somebody that, you know, uh, yeah, but generally, if it's a situation like that, we try to give them to a different provider. Mm-hmm. We we, we okay. don't do it. If, if we know them personally, we don't see them. Right. We don't treat family members, things like that. So Okay. Well, that's a, you know, seems to me like a transparency thing, too. Yeah. Not only a privacy thing, but a transparency thing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So that, yeah, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, we don't, we don't put ourselves in a situation where it might be uncomfortable for us Either or the one. patient. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you talking to me today. This yeah. has been awesome. I'm so glad we finally connected. I know um, it's, it's a, uh, it's just so exciting to talk to other women that are doing good things. And I know. I'm so proud of you and, and you know, everything that you've accomplished and this new Avenue is wonderful and I love it. It well, kind of makes you. you like, I want to start a podcast now. <laughs> 72 hours, 72 hours. 72 hours. Exactly. That's, yeah. That's it's... it. That's my mantra of life. 72 hours. Better. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate it. Hopefully um, you'll be willing to come on again later. Yeah. Um, I'm working on some other topic areas and, and I'm planning to reach back out to people that have been guests already. So I'll probably sure. be reaching out. Um, awesome. Okay. So have a great day and, um, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks.